This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Christians, the last few weeks, gospel lessons have been kind of difficult to listen to. There's been warning after warning after warning. This morning, it's really no different. This morning, our gospel lesson warns us that if we're not in the faith, it will not go well. That destruction and death, permanent death, are what await those who do not have faith in Christ. In our gospel lesson for today, Jesus stands on the Mount of Olives, overlooking the city of Jerusalem, which you can see from that mountain. And as he stands there, he weeps. He weeps because he's come to the people of Jerusalem. He's about to enter the city and their lives, but they don't recognize him. They don't believe in him. They don't care. Here, outside the gates of Jerusalem, stands the very Prince of Peace, and they won't pay attention to him. In fact, it'll only be a few days until they arrest him. They try him. They lie against him. They abuse his flesh. They crucify him and kill him. All of these things happen in the city of Jerusalem, which in Hebrew, its name ironically means the city of peace. The Prince of Peace is going to enter the city of peace and none of the people give a hoot. And that's why Jesus stands looking down on the city, weeping. He laments that they don't know what's necessary to bring them peace. He laments that true peace is hidden from their eyes. In other words, they don't have faith in Jesus. And not having faith in Jesus, they don't have faith in God. Instead, the people... Just go about their day-to-day lives. They earn money. They cook their food. They wake up. They go to bed. Day in and day out. Unconcerned with Jesus. Christ says it this way. They don't recognize the hour of their visitation by God. They don't recognize Jesus. But their day-to-day lives, their own business, their waking, their sleeping, their cooking and eating will not last. You see, a people can only ignore God and His Word for a certain amount of time before the penalty of unbelief comes. If you will not follow the Prince of Peace, then uproar and war will come upon you. If you do not recognize the Christ in your midst, then peace will depart from you. Traditionally, in the church, on this Sunday, 
Not only did we hear scripture lessons, but for a long time, we also heard the account from Josephus about the destruction of the city of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Just a few years after today's gospel lesson took place, the citizens of Jerusalem rebelled against their governor. And as a result, armies descended upon it. The armies let in countless pilgrims to celebrate the Passover and then barricaded them all in the city, building a wall entirely around Jerusalem. The battle lasted a long time. People starved. The citizens of the city of peace fought not only against the Roman army, but also against one another, divvying up each part of the city to a different faction. The citizens of the city of peace, Jerusalem, burned their own supplies. And eventually, the Roman armies entered and won. Josephus says that in the battle there were over 600,000 killed. 600,000 killed, twice the population of Lincoln. And not only that, but 90,000 survivors were sold into slavery. The walls of Jerusalem were torn down. The homes were torn down. The temple was burned and destroyed. All that was left of Jerusalem was a trash heap. It's this event that Jesus is looking ahead to. Foreseeing all of that happening, he weeps. And he's not weeping over the buildings being destroyed. He's not weeping because the temple has been burned down. He's not weeping merely because there are thousands of dead, their bodies being stacked up and burned. Jesus weeps because when they die, many die without faith in him. And without faith in Jesus, Death is permanent. Jesus is weeping because they've rejected him, they've died apart from the faith, and that means eternal death in hell. And that is not what Jesus wants for them. Dear Christians, Is our world today any different than the world in the time of Christ? Is our city any more holy than Jerusalem was? Are our people any godlier than those of old? Is our time more peaceful? Do we know the things that bring peace? Do all here in Lincoln 
have the right faith. Or, like those of old, do we go about our day-to-day lives mostly unconcerned about Jesus? Do we look to God for peace, or do we look to our celebrities and politicians for peace? Are we glad to hear God's word? Or do we use countless forms of media to fill our ears with the lies of the world? Do we come to church to receive gifts from God no matter what? Or do we only come if nothing else is going on? If the football game is boring, if we get to bed on time the night before. Is our church a house of prayer or a house of gossip, of vice, of self-justification? Before you answer any of these questions, consider what the people of Jerusalem would have thought about their world, their city, their temple. They would have called themselves people of faith. They would have attended synagogue and temple regularly. They would have given offerings to their churches. They would have done all of this, but not cared of Jesus. They would have done all of this, but still missed the time of their visitation by God. Dear Christian, you always face the temptation to live apart from Christ, to abandon the faith To live as if Jesus wasn't really God. To live as if he didn't matter to you. To live as if there was some way for you to save yourself without having to rely on Jesus. You're tempted to be silent when your family members, friends, and co-workers are outside the faith. Be content with the fact that when they die outside the faith, they will be apart from God forever. Perhaps you're even tempted to believe the popularly floating around notion that there is no hell that everyone will be saved. Even though that teaching is clearly against God's word. Maybe you're tempted to abandon the faith yourself. To live apart from Christ. Year after year, Satan tempts us to do that. 
He wears down our stubbornness against sinful actions. He introduces more and more wickedness into our world and our lives. And it affects us as Christians, doesn't it? There is gossip amongst the members of our church, isn't there? There are members of the church here who covet money coming into our congregation more than they covet people believing in Christ. There are members of our congregation who are angry at their spouse and won't apply God's forgiveness to the situation. There are fruits of unfaith even amongst us. And what then? What happens to those outside the faith? What happens to those who look to politicians and celebrities to hear of peace? Jerusalem was destroyed. And those who died outside the faith were not saved. Our world isn't any better. Our city isn't any holier. It is fallen. We all have sinned. The truth is this, only Christ can save. Only Christ will save. Will you plod about your life unconcerned about him? Will you be indifferent to God's grace? Will you let soccer practices and dinner parties keep you from being in God's house? Will you follow the socially acceptable way of thinking rather than the God who rose from the dead in human flesh? Will you love the world even if it leads to eternal death? If so, then Christ weeps over you as well. And so, repent. Repent, dear Christian, repent of your sin. Repent of turning away from Christ even just a little bit. Repent about being a complacent Christian. Repent of robbing God's word from entering your own ears. Repent of your stealing, your murdering, your committing adultery, your swearing falsely. Repent of making offerings to Baal. Repent of going after other gods. Repent of all your sin. Repent.
Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Right before he enters Jerusalem. For what reason did our Lord go to Jerusalem on that holy week? He goes there for one reason, one reason alone to die for the sin of the world. Jesus enters Jerusalem, the same city he has wept over, so that he can take away its sin and yours as well. As he enters Jerusalem, he carries your sin. It has been placed upon him when you were baptized, washing it off of you so that he might bear it. He's arrested there in Jerusalem for you. All the accusations that should go against our sin get levied against Christ. And he bears the shame and the guilt for you. His body is tortured Bruised, beaten, bloodied. The very thing our sin deserves. And he suffers it for you. He's nailed to the cross. He dies for you. And all of your guilt all of your shame, all of your wrongdoing. He dies to pay that price. His death forgives all sin. And what's more, he doesn't stay dead. He rises. In faith in him, you too will never stay dead. Even should the world be destroyed as God promises, burned up with fire, you will be raised in Christ. You will live in Christ. You will live forever in Christ. In faith in Christ. How does that faith come? It comes here, dear Christian, in church, in the divine service, where the word of Jesus is read, the Holy Spirit is at work. Where the word of Jesus is preached and taught in its truth and purity. God is calling and gathering and enlightening. Bringing you into the holy Christian church. Into the one true faith. Here in the divine service. Sins are washed away. And you are clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness. That covers all of your sin. The very robe that all of those who are pictured in heaven wear. What is the promise for those who wear that robe? 
They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not beat down upon them, nor any scorching heat. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Here, we already participate in that great and glorious day, in that heavenly kingdom, eating the wedding food of our Lord Jesus Christ, the very body and blood of Jesus, crucified and risen to bring you forgiveness of sins. Jesus is present here. He visits us week in and week out. He stands before you in his word and in his sacraments. He is present to bring you forgiveness, life, and salvation. He is present to wash away all of your sins. He is present to feed your faith and keep it strong. He's present here and now. Come and receive him. Repent of your sin. Be forgiven by him. Rejoice that as a Christian you know the day of his visitation. And that even destruction, death, suffering, sorrow, illness, weakness cannot take away the gift Jesus has given to you. Life and life to the full with him. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.